welcome to the Wilco Podcast. Worship Leaders Collective is a worship community of over 32,000 worship leaders from 99 countries around the world. You can check us out online at worshipleaderscollective.com or type in Worship Leaders Collective on Facebook to get connected for free today. Our hope is to help equip you with the tools and resources you need so that you can be who God's called you to be and do what He's called you to do. You've been called for such a time as this. Listen up as we dive into another episode of the Wilco Podcast. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Wilco Podcast. My name is Jenny McGrew. This is episode number 18, and we're just really pumped to be able to share this one with you. Uh, This one was taken from one of our monthly Wilco Grow Labs a few months ago now. uh, We had the honor and the extraordinary privilege of having Paul Balash in the house with us. And, you know, Paul's just become such a faithful and special friend of Worship Leaders Collective, as Paul is with everyone. Uh, We always love having Paul with us, and we appreciate the time that he's poured into our community. You know, with Paul, you never know what's going to happen. You never know what he's going to say. But one thing we do know is that it's going to be really good and that we were all glad that we showed up and that we came. And uh, Paul's about heart stuff. He's about kingdom stuff. He's going to talk about honor. He's like this spiritual tuning fork for the body of Christ. And we just love that. So a lot of things that he touches on um, in this talk is how to have longevity in the ministry, which is so, so needed and so vital in this time. So get ready as we dive in and we listen to what Paul has to share with our community. We want to invite uh, our, I was going to say our brother, I like to call him Father Paul, you know, Father Paul, and uh, we just want to honor Paul Blosh, who's in our midst today. Can we all just, we can all clap where we're at, just, we're just so grateful to have him in the room with us today, and, um, you know, Paul is such a kingdom man, you know, I'm sure you guys like notice, like I notice is that Paul is just kind of helping everybody out with everything all the time. I often want to ask you, Paul, like, do you sleep? And he's just, he's, I, I so appreciate Paul. I sent him a voice memo the other day. I don't know if you got it, Paul, but on your email and it was just like a quick, Hey, I just wanted to say how much we appreciate you and, um, appreciate your heart for the kingdom. Um, Paul's just, um, he's just, he's just helpful. He's just helpful and he's just ready to do whatever God, you know, wants him to do. And um, he's been a longtime friend of Wilco and he really believes in all of you. And and I know that, um, I know that because he's here today. I know that because he was here with us last year. And I just know that just from hearing different things that have come out of his mouth directly to me. But I've actually even heard feedback um, from Paul through other people. So, um, Paul is just a gem in the body of Christ. And he's going to be speaking to us today, I think, on longevity in the ministry. But before Paul speaks, I wanted to just read a scripture, if I can. I was reading this this morning, Paul. And interestingly enough, Paul wrote this in the book of Romans. Um, And I was actually just reading this in my devotion this morning. And the Lord's like, you know, that would actually be really good to read this morning to introduce Paul. I said, okay. 
And it's uh, in Romans 1, and it says, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because of your faith uh, is proclaimed to me in all the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of the Son, that without ceasing, I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. And, you know, I just, I, I feel like I could even just read that scripture on behalf of Paul, because from watching you, Paul, that's who you are. You know, you just want to encourage people and, um, and, you know, we teach what we know, but we impart who we are. And Paul likes to also say that we minister who we are. And um, I just felt like that was a real applicable scripture um, to introduce you today. And you are just one of those um, true men of the faith that just walks alongside people and says, come on, we can do this. And together we are better. And so we are sitting in the presence of a general uh, in worship, if I can say it like that. And um, you're not just going to learn things today, you guys, just from him teaching us. But I believe that things are going to be imparted to you from spirit to spirit. So that's why we all have to be in the same room together, because there's some things that we won't catch unless we're together. So we honor you today, Paul. Thank you. Thank you, Jenny. Thanks, Jacob and Jenny, Worship Leaders Collective. I just, I just thoroughly endorse. I've watched their heart you know, from the beginnings until now, just how God has blessed their, your influence around the world. We're not just trying to patronize and compliment each other here, but it is my opportunity to just say thank you. Thanks for serving the church, you and Jacob, Jenny and Jacob, um, Jay and Jay, <laughs> and your team, a lot of unsung heroes and Gilbert there and Brett. And um, so I love that heart. And um, I... Um, yeah, I'm just, this is a conversation here. So I don't have like, you know, I'm not going to be preaching at you. This is like, hey, we're hanging out. I got my coffee here. I want to speak not things that are theoretical, but things that are based out of experience. And, um, you know, Worship Leaders Collective reminds me back in the day, Jenny, when, um, you know, I was just, you know, my mid-20s, late-20s leading worship at a medium-sized church with uh, overhead transparencies and a volunteer band and a very small to no budget for, you know, sound equipment, et cetera, you know, but just loving people that love the Lord and would gather and we'd sing these choruses and uh, in the nineties, you know, it was kind of early nineties. And, um, and this was before the internet, but I had this thing, um, lead worship, this idea of like leadworship.com. I started to teach some YWAM, Youth with a Mission schools. Like that was kind of a thing once in a while. Hey, would you come and teach guitar and maybe talk about worship? And I was just beginning to lead worship somewhat myself, but um, we were surrounded our church by some YWAM bases. But just that idea of the things that I've learned, you know, the Apostle Paul said to Timothy, those, those things that have been trusted to you, turn around and entrust it, pass it on right. to to other faithful brothers and sisters. Amen. And that's the attitude um, that I felt back in the day of like leadworship.com. I wasn't like trying to create some big deal. Like, and I don't think you guys are either. It was just an attitude of how, uh, what, what's in my hand? What can I, what can I share with others? What might be an encouragement to others? And as time went on, 
because before I was born again, I would been, been in some like club bands and like the Jersey Shore. So the music stuff, I real I started to realize some of the church musicians really struggled with just some basics. So I was like, well, how about uh, we just do a guitar video? Uh, all right, put a camera there. And uh, yeah, I guess put a camera there, I guess. Yeah, close up. Well, yeah, there you go. And we did some VHS guitar things. And and then um, then it was like, oh, it seems like people struggle a little bit with as a band, maybe like how to play together. Let's talk about kick drum and the bass player locking in and then let's build a band from there. Anyway, I, I just um, I just see that there's a kindred spirit there that that's your heart that um, there's not like some agenda. Um, anyway, why? So I'm, I'm just converse, having a conversation here. And it may be a bit rambly, but I always pray this. I always pray, uh, take no thought. Some of you have heard me say this. Some of you, I know your face is on here and you're like, oh, Paul always says that. Oh my gosh. But, you know, but take no thought as to what you'll say when you come before governors and kings. For in that very moment, I will give you the words to speak. And that's a King James, take no thought. But it was basically, don't, don't overthink the things you're going to share or the things you're going to, when you lead worship, have a plan, have a, have a bit of a journey, but don't overthink it, you know, trust and rely on the Holy spirit to lead and direct. And I'm sure how many of you have ever, you had your whole set list planned, you rehearsed it Thursday night or whatever night. It seems like this is going to be awesome. Sunday morning comes, you step out with your team you, you, you step up to the mic and right before you open your mouth, you look around and everybody's talking and conversing. And there's just like this sense that we, we should start off like this instead, man, instead of that song, we should do this. Has anybody ever had that experience? I love that. And that's the difference between being a song leader and a worship pastor, like a prophetic worship pastor, not prophetic in some, wild and crazy, whatever image you may have of that. But pref prophetic simply meaning that you are beginning to discern the voice of the Lord and you're doing your best to, to, to sort of step out on faith on some of those hunches, those spiritual hunches that something in you, you just feel like, Man, I don't know, like I know we planned this and we've got the stems for it and everything's ready to go, but hey, hey guys, you know what, before we do our set, I, I just feel like let's, you know, the chorus, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Let's, let's just do that piano and vocal. Just, just go with that. Thanks. Just play G. Yeah. Play G. So, you know, got the keyboard and then boom, the countdown clock hits and you're like, good morning church, you know, and instead of going into your thing that you had planned three weeks ago, there's just in the moment you're learning to sort of, Hmm. And I, I realize some of you have more freedom than others in that call. Some of you, your, your leadership would have quite the panic if you did something too radical. So I would just encourage you do it by baby steps. Um, anyway, what does that have to do with longevity and ministry? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. My point is I'm seeing your faces and I'm trying to say, basically, I'm demonstrating that based on seeing your faces in this moment, I'm sort of led to go maybe a little bit this way or a little bit, even though I've got sort of a plan. So I'm saying that to be transparent and maybe that helps you to go, yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of what I feel sometimes too. So maybe that's just to affirm you 
Also, um, again, so many kind words from Jenny and um, and Brett, you know, and, and it's fine. We it's it's an appropriate thing to sort of, you know, honor people that have encouraged us, helped us, et cetera. Um, that's good. But I don't know. I just felt I just felt the need to say um, and Jenny wasn't even implying this whatsoever. But sometimes in our culture now with YouTube videos and social media and everything slick and polished and the bands look amazing. And frankly, back in the day, even 20 years ago, I would go to these conferences and and I'd look up at these people that just look like the coolest Hollywood. They look like the cast of Friends worship team or something. You know, they were just, everything about them was like, oh man. And then I'd go home to our church and just think, we don't look like that. Like we'll probably we'll never be that cool. Like, you know, and it can be quite discouraging. So maybe nowadays it's even amplified because you watch YouTube videos of these people that we love and respect and they're so gifted and they just have a vibe and a look and it's just, everything's like, Oh my goodness. Like, and then here we are in our humble church of 250 people or some of you, maybe 90 people, some maybe 800, but, and, um, I just want to say, man, there's no superstars in the kingdom of God. That being cool is not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. We don't have to aspire to be cool or, um, yeah, just feel the need to say that. That the, the heart, God's heart is just to be, for you to have the confidence in how he made you to be. That you would be the, you know, the best version of who God created you to be by relying on his spirit by doing your part by practicing whatever your whatever your your role is whatever your primary gifting is exercising that making that a i say discipline maybe make it a practice you know just make that something that if you're called to ministry make sure you're putting in the time and effort the, the whole idea of you're bringing the loaves and fishes like jesus could have just fed the five thousand he could have just boom just in, just made fishes and bread just come out of nowhere but interesting that he sent the disciples out to say hey guys go go check and see if uh, what we got here let's see and he kind of put a demand on bring me something <laughs> it may just be a little bit it may just be a few loaves and fishes but he's saying bring me something bring me bring bring me you know some rehearsals some practice some dedication some commitment to whatever your primary skill is and let me that's it bring that to me with humility. Now I will bless it. You know, maybe I will break it and bless it and I will multiply that. And that will be enough for your congregation each, each week for the Holy spirit to come and move upon the people. So just think about that, that it's, it's a level ground. We are all level ground. And, and I know a lot of some of your worship heroes as friends or acquaintances, and I know some of their insecurities deep insecurities and and struggles with maybe anxiety or fears or stress. You know, we're all the same, y'all, is what I'm trying to say. I just want to encourage you. I want to pull the curtain back and go, hey, hey, there's no, nobody's above, nobody's beyond this. And I'm not going to name names of pretty much all the names that you could throw out. I'd be like, huh? Yeah, they've shared some things with me. They've shared some some hard things with me, things that they struggle with, uh, areas of insecurity. So just want to start off saying that we're all in this together. And um, yeah, don't feel like somehow you're isolated with all these feelings of in inadequacy or insecurity or not enough. 
Um, that's just really important to just take a deep breath. In fact, right now, take a deep breath. Just exhale all those lies and all that crap. Just ah, get rid of that. <laughs> and just inhale the freedom of the Lord. <laughs> Some of you are like, what? <laughs> that's not new age. That's, that's Acts chapter two, where they breathe. Breathed in the Holy Spirit. You know, there's, breathing is a, is a Jesus thing. <laughs> Um, so, all right. So back in the day, this whole thing of longevity. So a lot of you have heard my testimony. I won't give all that, but you know, by the time we moved to Texas, so I was raised Catholic, was an altar boy, went to Catholic school, all that had sort of a, you know, the knowledge of God, but not really a heart thing. Although I feel like seeds were planted there for sure. Then got into a rock band in my high school years and played in a bunch of different bands and then played the Jersey Shore. Everybody wanted to be like Bruce Springsteen if you're from Jersey, you know. And, um, you know, but anyway, that was became pretty disillusioned. And I will say that I was the coolest thing in the world, I thought, being part of a band and having like 80 songs memorized and you just turn, you play a, in a really strong wedding band and go, hey, guys, um, we just got a request for uh, Ain't Too Proud to Beg. Ready? Key of C. One, two, boom, ba -da boom, boom, boom. I know you're going to leave me, but I refuse to let you go. Ain't too proud to be, baby. I mean, you just had to know these songs, man. You had to memorize. That's why, you know, one of the first things as I was coming into Christian music world, I was like, wow, what are all these music stands and all this? A lot of these songs are like three chords, y'all. Like, I'm pretty sure you could maybe mem start memorizing some of them, you know, little by little. So, you know, I throw that out there as a gentle, like, musical nudge. Like, work on memorizing, you know, just sort of like some of the basic songs. So a few old classics, you know, a few more contemporary modern ones, a few hymns. Just sort of have them right off the top of your head so you could, boom, go right into it instead of, Oh, where's the chart? Oh man, where's the songbook? <laughs> Somebody go back to the green room and get me the chart. You know, no. Anyhow, um, so moving along, met some people that talked about Jesus. Like I'd never heard young people talk about Jesus like he was real. And before you know it, hanging out with them, they read their Bible. They had this little guitar circle and sing these little choruses. And man, before you know it, I got born again. Um, I'm just fast forwarding, moved to California, went to a music school there, met a couple, um, a singer, Kelly Willard, who became a mentor. So this is relevant for, this is relevant for longevity because I started to meet people who were older in the faith, who had, you know, maturity in the faith. They weren't perfect, but I, I just was inspired by their life and authenticity. And I just wanted to hang out with them. And then looking back, I didn't realize this. It wasn't a plan of mine, but looking back, I realized I started to serve them. So that's a concept that's really important to bring out. Some of you maybe even younger than others, but regardless of your age, looking for people that you can serve, people that inspire you or you aspire to be similar to, like perhaps in so Kelly Willard was a Christian artist, is a Christian artist. Uh, then again, later, Lenny LeBlanc. And these were people that, uh, man, I just, I say serve them as in, I would go to Kelly and Dan's house on the weekend because I would go to school and work during the week. And on the weekend, I'd go down there and I'd 
kind of just wash their dishes because the sink was full of dishes and like, oh, their lawn looks pretty. Hey, yeah, uh, you guys got a lawnmower, you know, and it's, I kind of mow their lawn, you know, and sometimes one of their kids was having a freak out. Maybe I'd just like pick, pick them up a little bit and just kind of like, you know, hey, it's going to be all right, you know, and um, just learning to be around a family and ministry. And then, you know, when she went in the recording studio, I went there and just kind of served and helped out and like put the charts out or put those charts away and help the producer, just any opportunity to be around people that were doing the thing that I felt called to. So I would just say there's a principle there, longevity, this is find an opportunity to serve. Now you can't barge your way into people's lives. So don't manipulate, don't always respect people's boundaries. Um, but just kind of maybe make it known that, you know, you're available. if you ever need any help or, Actually, a really good friend of mine that was our associate worship leader, associate, I mean, I've known him since he was 12, 13, 14, 15, and then he would be like co-lead with me at our church in Lindale, and then he was 18, and then it's when I would go, I'd be like, all right, Austin, you're ready to go, bro. You're going to lead two Sundays from now. You, you feel, how you feeling, you know? And to watch him grow and step up and lead, and then a few years later, he felt called to go to Bethel, and he just started... He was just one of hundreds of people. And somehow he ended up mowing like Brian and Jen Johnson's lawn and like helping around their little farm there and doing this. And now I'm seeing him once he's just leading worship for the, the, the teenager groups. And then now he's leading once in a while on Sunday mornings at Bethel church, you know, and how, how did that happen? It's not something you can plan, but I, I see the principle at work that faithfulness, being faithful where you're at, Wherever God has you right now, this is this is massive. Like write that down in red, red crayon or something. <laughs> Faithfulness, be faithful where you're at. Of course, you know the biblical principle. If not, it's in the Gospels where, if you if you are faithful over little, then I will increase, and you'll be faithful over more or you, over much. I'm paraphrasing, but the, that's God's principle of promotion: is to be faithful right where you're at. And most of the time, it's not very, you know, it's not real cool, like we talked about. it. It's pretty just regular. It's emptying trash cans. It's vacuuming maybe a, a second vacuum on the platform because maybe the, the janitors missed that or whatever. Or it's uh, cleaning up the stage. Why did somebody leave two coffee cups up there? Or maybe it's uh, running an errand for somebody. Maybe, you know, just whatever it is, most of the stuff you're going to do is not very sexy or cool or, you know, it's not like, hey, you know, <laughs> it's, it's just kind of, it's just people being people, being in family, being in community, respecting one another, um, look, finding your place, serving with humility, not trying to, you know, always be noticed or, you know, just trusting the Lord that as you're faithful, and as there are opportunities that arise that God will open up a window, he'll open up a door, there'll be an opportunity. Um, and that just happened over and over again. I could tell you 10 more stories of people at my church as they were coming along and as they had opportunity and just their quiet, humble faithfulness is the thing that made me go, hey, um, you want to be part of this? Or, hey, I've actually got to do an event like in uh, 
in the in Dallas in, in a week and a half. Would you want to play electric guitar for me instead of me flying in my other guy, like my my you know professional guy? I, th I think you could do it. And um, those were just fun times. In fact, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, man, I'm like, maybe you're drinking from a fire hose. I'm just like, blah. <laughs> it's like a game show. Beat the clock. How much, how many words can you get in in 45 minutes? But um, I hope you're getting some of this. And um, um, so eventually, so just serving, I wasn't even going to go there. But eventually I found my way back to Jersey, got married. And after a year, we moved to Last Days Ministries, Keith Green's ministry by then keith was gone with the lord but melody green was there and we were her neighbor and living in a mobile home and second chapter of acts were like two doors down and, and again what did i do there oh so here's the thing real quick sorry on this is worth saying kelly willard and her husband she had a record deal she sang with maranatha music um vineyard music all these recordings you would know her if i started singing some of her songs kelly willard look her up so authentic so man when i would play guitar with her i would just like be crying half the time i was playing guitar because she was just like she was so not interested in trying to be a big deal that was like the last thing on her mind she in fact sometimes she would do a concert and she could feel such this expectation to be like ta-da that she would come out and just like i call it like moving in the opposite spirit and moving in the opposite spirit and that the spirit in the room is almost like, oh, yeah, here we go. Like there's this unspoken deal. Like you're going to come out. You're going to be awesome and exciting and over the top. And then we're going to respond that way. And, and of course, that's fine at times. I'm not even I'm not. I'm simply saying she would come out and go. She would feel she would right before we'd go out. She'd say, I just feel this expectation, this weight of like people really want a certain thing. But. I think I might just come out and do this instead, okay? So just be, just kind of watch me, okay? And we'd be okay. And she'd go out and just come up to the mic and be like, "Hi, how y'all doing tonight? So good to be here." And it was just like you could almost feel everybody kind of relax a little bit, like. And then she'd say, "You know, I just thought maybe before we begin tonight, she'd go to the piano. Let's just sing this simple chorus together." I cast all my cares upon you. That was one of her songs. I lay all of my burdens down at your feet. Um, it, but it could have been any other song, but that comes to mind. But the point is, maybe there's several points happening here. Here's the thing. I trust the Holy Spirit. Some of this is like not for you. Some of this is for some of you. And then in five minutes, I'll say something, and that's going to be for someone else, and that's not necessarily for you. So this is how the Lord works. Um, but the thing I learned from Kelly, oh, so we moved. So she eventually moved. I moved back to Jersey. I got married to Rita. That's another long story. Kelly and Dan moved to Last Days Ministries, Keith Green's ministry. She'd been friends with Melody Green for years. So she would, her and Dan would say, you and Rita should come down and we'll tour and we'll travel together and we'll write music and we'll do this. And now you guys really, you know, come on down. And, and we prayed about da, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Now, finally, we moved down there, loaded up our Ford Escort and drove down there. And um, here's what happened. So <laughs> they had a little mobile home. Theirs was a double wide. 
And then they bought a little used single wide and we helped set that up and we dug a, what do you call that? A septic tank and all that. And I thought, okay, well, we're ready, man. We're going to record. We're going to tour. Reed and I are going to sing. I'm going to play guitar. We're going to like do concerts all over. Well, guess what the first year was like? The first year was Kelly and her husband would fly someplace to do a concert and Reed and I would babysit their two kids for the weekend. And they had three acres that these things were on. Well, it had to be mowed. So, you know, who, who, who mowed the lawn? Well, you're looking at them. And, and then uh, this was, I remember Dan had the very first Mac computer, a black and white screen, put the, the discs in. And they would come home with piles of, uh, people would write their names for their newsletter. And it was my job to sort of put, type those in into the computer, you know, this is before the internet. So my point is there are going to be times in your life where you are disillusioned. So get ready for it. <laughs> I laugh because I saw it happen, not just to us, but so many people that would come to Lindale, Texas and come to be part of this ministry or that ministry. And man, they just had and then it was just never, it wasn't the thing that they had, had built up in their head. And oftentimes God used that experience to humble people, to teach them how to serve with humility, to do, to just uh, develop a healthy spiritual life in quiet, in private, if you will. Um, so we started plugging into the local church there, which was just a metal building. And where Keith originally it was kind of a warehouse and then they turned it into, you know, they had metal folding chairs and that's where the community would gather. And now Keith was gone, but the pastor would lead worship, some simple choruses. And um, sometimes there was a drummer, sometimes there wasn't. And I was like, I play guitar, I don't need a guitar. So I would play guitar and I was a keyboard player. And, um, and then within a few months, pastor turned to me and I'd asked, Paul, why don't you come lead us in a few songs and we're gonna have a time of prayer. And, um, you know, that was scary to me. I hadn't really done a lot of that. I hadn't really been like worship leader. I was more like play in the band kind of guy. So, but that was a big step. And that was, um, but, and then eventually after a few weeks of, of doing that, he said, Paul, why don't you maybe put a, a band together and kind of see what the Lord does. You can have that room behind the platform and we'll clean that out. It's kind of like a closet junk room now, but you can use that as like a little office and, uh, so, uh, and he's like, you know, we really can't pay you maybe $50 a week or something. I don't know. But at the time, living in a mobile home, I'm giving guitar lessons, I'm mowing lawns, I'm doing YWAM school. It was all like, again, I, why is this important? I'm saying all this because oftentimes we have the illusion that like, man, if you really want to do Christian worship music, we got to like move to Nashville. We got to go to the really cool church. We got to like schmooze our way into some networking. And then like something's just going to happen. And um, we would often go to Nashville, do some recordings with Integrity Music as time went on. We would go there and people would say, oh, you guys should move here. Oh, man, you guys and nothing wrong with it. But we would go back and there was just something about not being in that sort of who's doing this, who's doing that. Wow. Did you hear about this? Hear about that? There was something that was really secure about being in a, a little church in Lindale, Texas, not a big deal. It gave me a lot of room to grow, to make mistakes, to to like step out on faith a little bit. And then the next day go, oh, man, why did I do that? That was the wrong call. 
you know, but there was grace there because it wasn't a mega church with seven services and it just had to be like production perfect. So, so I guess what's, you know, I'm telling you this story, but what's tying in here, I guess is I remember saying to my pastor actually initially, like, look, thanks, but I'm really not like a worship leader. I, I'm happy to like work with the kids. We could read and I could work with the kids or the youth or, and we can uh, put us, you know, maybe just put us in charge of uh, back then there was the tape cassette ministry. Remember the pastor would preach and then they would make cassettes. You'd have to make them like three at a time if you had those machines and you'd sell them for like a dollar or whatever. I was like, I could be, I can do that. You know, so my point is just looking for opportunities to serve. And I know many of you do that. I'm talking to people that I'm looking at your faces. I'm scrolling through. I mean, I respect all of you that have for years have done so much of what I'm describing. You've just shown up. You've just said, here am I, Lord, send me. And you are available. Everybody say available. <laughs> um, all right. So we're serving now all along. We're building a healthy spiritual life. That's important. And that, that involves two things, I think, is the basics of like scripture. Are you in the scripture? Are you reading through the scriptures? Are you memorizing scripture? Back in the day, and even this nowadays, I'll still occasionally get a three by five card right out of scripture, put it on my car dashboard. And I try to memorize passages of scripture, like verse several verses in a row. And I'm not going to show off right now and do that. But like, there are so many scriptures I can't not forget. I'm, I'm speaking bad English on purpose. There are so many scriptures I can't not forget because I memorize them and then I put a melody to them. And oftentimes we'd write a song with that scripture. Oh, we'd write a song. And then two Sundays from now I'd say, you know, I had the freedom in a smaller church, maybe toward the end to be, hey guys, you know that scripture that pastor preached on three weeks ago? Well, Here's just a simple melody chorus that maybe lock it into our hearts. Let's just try this together. And so many times it would be just a simple scripture. I mean, open the eyes of my heart is a simple scripture from Ephesians 1.18. Just repeat it. It wasn't like somebody sit down and write, you know, write some big song with three verses and a modulation. No, it's just, just simple prayer, simple scripture. Let's repeat that again. Let's repeat it again. Let's sing that to the Lord prayerfully. So the basics of making sure you're in the word, memorizing scriptures, make sure nowadays with podcasts, find two or three really great teachers. Don't expect your pastor to be the world's greatest teacher. I, I had three pastors while I was at that church in 26 years. They were lovely men, good men, good men, really good men. And they each had their gifts. Not everyone was a great teacher. Not every Sunday was a home run. You know, there was a lot of just singles, doubles, to use a baseball analogy. A lot of their sermons were, but I always found it part of my role was to find something about that sermon that later in the week I could go to that teacher or that pastor and go, hey, pastor, that was like Zephaniah. I, you know, I never spent time in that. That was really like that scripture that he really like expounded on Sunday life. That was really... You know, find something specific. Don't patronize, but find something specific that you can encourage. I always felt that that was part of my role as a young worship leader pastor was to look for ways to encourage my senior pastor. 
Because as you know, if you're in local ministry, there are so many things that are discouraging. Wow, can I get an amen? And, and I'm not saying we're victims or we feel sorry for ourselves. I'm just saying, man, come on. You know, there's just so many over the years, so many people that it was such a heartbreak. People you poured into, you loved on, you walked them through this hard thing. And then they just leave because for whatever reason, they don't like the songs you sing or they don't like the color of the carpet. Or And um, so here's another word that I want you, you know, if you're making like a collage of my little talk here, like in a red crayon or something, forgiveness, forgiveness. Man, what was that song? Forgiveness, forgiveness, even if I've been trying to get back to the heart of the matter. It's an old pop song, but, and I think it's about forgiveness. Even if you don't love me anymore, it's like, it's still about forgiveness. So anyway, forgiveness, because if you don't learn to forgive, you're going to be a very bitter person. And you will not last very long in ministry or perhaps in whatever situation you find yourself in. So, uh, you know, in the book of Hebrews, scripture encourages us, hey, be careful. Many have been defiled by a root of bitterness, that root of bitterness. So we're all going to have our feelings hurt. We're all going to be misunderstood. We're all going to have maybe somebody with a personality that is, is strong and they say things. Maybe they're an Enneagram 8 or something. <laughs> or whatever. They're just like, boom, you know, and maybe some leaders are just sort of wired that way. And uh, you just got to get good at forgiving. I'm not talking about real verbal abuse or any kind of physical abuse. I'm not saying to be, to be just overlooked that, but you know, a lot of the stuff we deal with over the years, if you're going to be in the same church for many years is just personality things, temperament things, Things that you can you can decide, just like in a marriage, every day you decide, do I do I choose to be offended and hold on to that and be kind of annoyed for the next three days? Or do I choose to go, let it go, let it go? Will it matter in 50 years? Will that really matter in 50 years? Probably not. So, man, that got us through about three church splits, you know, where in 26 years, we'd have things, situations arise. And I'd just be up there leading worship, watching this group felt really strong that we should be doing more of this. And then this group feeling like we should be more of this and this group thinking we should be more. <laughs> A lot of it was like Toronto vineyard stuff. They came down to our little church and we had this you know, amazing thing. I'm just watching people falling out and a lot of stuff that I'd not seen a lot of. And yet then there was a whole group that didn't have that experience. And I felt for them, too. I felt like, hey, don't feel like you've been left out. You know, God loves you. I have never, like, fallen. Every time they wanted to pray for me, I always said, great, yeah, let me sit down. And I would sit in a chair, and I'd let them pray for me. Because I thought, if I'm going to fall over, let the Holy Spirit knock me out of this chair. Otherwise, I'm not going to stand there and have somebody go, <laughs> So... I'm open-minded. I'm open-minded to most things. I really am. Oftentimes I would kid, my wife and I would kid each other and say, we're like a spiritual laboratory here. Like we're just experimenting with like the gifts of the spirit and kind of, we, we want to, didn't want to quench things too quickly. Like 
I don't know. What if it's the Lord? Like, I don't know. Let's just give it a little, give it a chance. Let's see what's going on. And then other times Rita would kind of lean over to me at times and just go, she'd go. (laughs) Like what kind of circus have we got ourselves into here? But, you know, the thing that kept us in there, and this may or may not apply to you, but for the most part, we loved most of these people. We really did. We just saw, you know, their heart's in the right place. We love that couple. Love that family. Love that person. Man, we're a family. Let's, let's, just like in a dysfunctional family, you got to like, Uncle George is always a little bit weird, you know, or Aunt Kathy. She's just, you know, she's maybe, yeah, she drinks a little too much or, you know, like, but your family, you know, you're, you you try to keep it together. And I feel like that's the heart of a shepherd, a pastor, is maybe sometimes going after that one, you know, out of the 99, you got to go pursue that guy that's having a train wreck. Or he's in the, you know, just trashed his marriage and his life and his life. And, you know, going after that brother or that sister and just with, a, with another few folks and seeing if there's any way to redeem and bring them back into the fold and see if there'd be a reconciliation. And man, you know, what am I describing here? So I'm just, so forgiveness is important. Forgiveness, forgiveness, practicing and why in Jesus of all the ways, how do we pray Lord? Okay. I mean, there's, there's very few lines in the Lord's prayer, but he made sure forgive us, father, forgive us our sins in this, to the degree that we forgive others. Man, that'll humble you. That that has kept me humble. Like, oh, really, Paul? You're going to withhold forgiveness against that person? Okay, well, don't forget. <laughs> Father, forgive me in the same way or to the degree that I forgive others that have trespassed against me. I mean, that's, that's something we got to deal with. So looking for ways to forgive. And like I said, short of serious, serious things that are any like abusive things, but I'm sorry. Nowadays, there's a lot of things people they'll call just somebody that's kind of a, like maybe pastor. He's in a situation and he like raises his voice in a elders meeting because he's kind of passionate or upset about something. People feel like, well, that's abusive. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it is, or maybe he's human or she's human. And occasionally she's tired and, and frustrated and annoyed. And like, can we give them a little grace to be a human or do we expect all our pastors and the people to be like this thing that does not exist outside of Jesus himself. So how you doing? Y'all doing all right? <laughs> um, so we talked about, yeah, the basics of building a healthy life, basics, faithfulness, being faithful where you're at, being faithful where you're planted, forgiveness, Also forgive yourself. How about that? So not only forgiving others, but this is important. Be kind to yourself. Look look at yourself the way the Lord sees you. Don't you think the Lord is quick to forgive you? I hope you know that, that the Lord is quick to forgive you. If if you humble yourself and you repent and you say, I'm sorry, and and you're sincere in your repentance and sincere to say, well, Lord... I knew better. I was dumb. I really, I'm sorry, God, forgive me. Um, so in the same way, you know, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be something that 
uh, you know, it's cool to aspire and it's understandable. Let's aspire to be all that God has for us. But let's not raise the bar so high that we always feel like we are less than. Um, let's give ourselves some grace. You know, maybe we'll never sing like a Phil Wickham or you'll never play guitar like Stu G or something. But but you can put the time in a little bit every day or every other day and you can be the best version of who you are. And you can take that two talent voice and just practice every day a little. I was doing that yesterday afternoon at my back terrace because I don't want people to hear me. I'm a little self-conscious. And then I and I sing through a few choruses and I, it's like half ministry to the Lord and half like just singing a little bit every day to keep my voice at least in that average zone. Even though, like I said, I, I'll never sing like fill in the blank, whoever you're. All right. So faithfulness, forgive yourself, forgive others. Uh, man, your team, like I said, it's helpful, whether it's the Enneagram or a personality test, I would say for longevity, if you're going to be on a team, you need to cultivate an understanding. You know, there's a scripture that's related to marriage in the, in the New Testament. It says, live with your wife in an understanding way. You ever heard that? Does that vaguely sound vaguely familiar? I think it's in First Peter, First or Second Peter. <laughs> Don't you love how I've got all these scriptures <laughs> nailed? But I want to give you some homework. But it's basically the essence. It says, live with your wife in an understanding way. And I would just say, what a great way to put that. Live with your team. Live with your your, your uh, tribe in an understanding way. And, you know, the Enneagram is one of several tools that you could use to not, not put people in a box, but just to give you a little sense of, oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. So years ago, um, we just did the old basics, sanguine, choleric, melancholy, and there was one other, uh, phlegmatic, phlegmatic. And, you know, we did that as a team, almost as sort of like with, lighthearted. It wasn't the like, let's find out who we are. No, it was more like, let's see where we lean. And it, you know what it did for me? It helped me to not be offended so easily when I'd look back at my bass player and he looked like his dog just died. Like he never smiled. He never gave me any attaboy or encouragement. He was just sort of like kind of glum and playing his parts. And I used to almost take that personally. And then we did these things and I realized, oh, he's a melancholy. Yeah, I mean, he's, a, he's quite the melancholy, actually. And in general, melancholies are not like sanguines, like, good morning, everybody. Ah! You know, and maybe some of, maybe you're a melancholy and you need, you need God's grace for that sanguine in your worship team. That's just like, oh, my gosh, he never shuts up. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Or he or she, they're just like always are up and talking. It's like you're, they're about an inch deep, those sanguines. Sometimes I would feel like that because yeah, I had to be that guy. Good morning. Let's stand together. And I thought, man, I feel like a game show host. I want to be deep. I want to be heavy. I want to walk, step up to the mic and be like, hey, what's up, everybody? Well, let's talk about how heavy and deep everything in life is. And we're going to play a lot of songs in E minor today and yeah it's gonna be heavy man so because like that's all that matters it's like that's what's real man we're not gonna waste time in the outer court and being like happy and clappy and we're gonna go deep and we're gonna be heavy man 
So I used to think like, yeah, like I can't wait to get there to the fourth song where we can get deep and heavy. But man, we've got to have some joy too. We got to have some clap. We got to like, let's stand together, outer court. Let's put our hands together. Let's sing for joy. <laughs> the joy of the Lord is our strength. Like we need, we need both, you know? So, um, so the point of longevity is if you're going to be with a team for any length of time, getting to know their temperament, using one of those, either the DISC, uh, D-I-S-C, or the old school temperament test, or the Enneagram. It's just something, it's just a tool. Hold it loosely. Don't put people in a box. Just sort of, it gives you a sense of, oh, right, I'm not going to be offended every time. In fact, one time we had somebody, speaking of the bass player, when we were all finished, we were actually in Ireland, and uh, and these two teenage girls came to the front platform and I thought they were just going to say hi. We were, I was just like un unplugging my tuner and we had to get off the platform and they said, excuse me, excuse me, Paul, where, where's your bass player? Where's your bass player? We want to pray for him. He looks quite sad. <laughs> and I was like, hold one minute. I'll be right back. Hey, what his name was. Come here. Some people want to pray for you because you look quite sad. <laughs> Never let them live it down. It's like, it's okay to smile once in a while. I know you're afraid of being a phony. You know, you don't want to be a phony. You don't want to smile unless you have a real reason to smile. But it's okay to like, huh. Anyway, excuse me. We want to pray for him. He looks quite sad. Never forget that. Amazing. All right. I'm, I'm pretty much done here. The other thing, I kind of mentioned it earlier when I was talking about mentors, but finding people and you're like, holy cow, there's 99 chats. Wow. I wonder if you can print those out later on. I'll take a look at those. Yeah, Myers-Briggs and all that. Oh, my goodness. Look at all these questions. Uh-huh. Wow. Amazing. Okay. Well, um, the mentors, just finding somebody who, um, it may not be a musician. When I think back, and I would just spend time in a sanctuary by myself on a Tuesday morning playing guitar, singing through some scripture. Well, there was a woman's prayer meeting. They would meet every Tuesday, like in another room. Well, then sometimes they would come out into the sanctuary. I just happened to be there playing. They'd come up. They'd pray over me. Some would have words for me. Da, da, da. I was just like, man. And then I would go to the men's prayer meeting at noon. It was three times a week. And just to be around older men in a prayer meeting praying the scriptures. Oftentimes they just pray from the scripture. They pray a scripture and then they'd go ahead and pray that back to the Lord. That's a whole nother topic we could teach on or talk about. But my point is getting around some older, mature, faithful saints. Maybe, maybe it's a couple they've been married for. Maybe you're single. But it doesn't matter if you're married or single, but get around that couple that's been married 40 years. And there's something about what they radiate. There's such a sincere faith that's attractive and maybe just find a way to without freaking them out don't say hey can i you know will you mentor me don't say that just find a, a natural way an organic way to to be around them get to know them maybe some to say hey it's sometime after a sunday service i'd love to take you guys to lunch believe it or not like i don't know if you'd be open to that but it would be so fun to hear more of your story you know start there to say i'd love to hear more of your story that's a humble way of, you know, just beginning a relationship. I'd love to know a little bit more about you guys. And so prayer meetings, just find a couple of those older saints that 
again, longevity, you can glean from them. So, all right. I'm going to stop there and just do a little 10 minute Q&A. So good, Paul. Okay. So good. That, that chat's just on fire. I'm sure you, it's hard to talk and to obviously keep up with the chat, but guys, hasn't this been so good? So rich. I was actually, we had a text, a group text going with some of the team and I was like, man, he's just getting started here. <laughs> so wonderful. Um, uh, we, so were you guys on the call last year? I think it was actually last May. Was anybody on this call with Paul last year? Yeah, it was just so rich. Um, Paul actually, we put Paul on the spot and um, we sang a song together. Not everybody singing together. That's a train wreck. I don't recommend that. You think it's going to be really awesome when everyone unmutes and we all sing together, but it actually goes really bad. I'm just going to say, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Um, but um, did you guys notice um, when Paul was speaking on forgiveness, did you just sense the presence of God? It was just like a holiness came into the room. And that's why I put on the chat. I said, am I the only one crying right now? And a couple of you were just like, nope, nope. And it was just like this, this holiness came into the room as you began to minister. And I would say minister, not just talk. You were ministering to us on forgiveness. Um, would it be putting you too much on the spot, Paul, before we do q and I know we're pushing our time, but if some of you could just, you know, bear with us. Could we just sing, open the eyes of my heart just a couple of times? Would that be okay? Sure, you're asking me? You're asking yeah. me? Yeah, I don't want to sing it. I don't want to sing your song. I don't want to sing Paul's song. Um, <laughs> Nobody wants to hear me sing it. <laughs> what language? <laughs> right, Kimmy? Um, that's it. My out-of-tune guitar. Open the eyes. Let's give G. It's maybe a little high, so let's go down a little bit. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you, to see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart, I want to see you, I want to see you, I want to see you, Lord, I want to see you as you truly are, I want to see you.
if you could see how I'm all set up here, I'm literally like, <laughs> I'm trying to get a little guitar in there. Anyway. That was... Um, Thank you, Lord. Wonderful. We're going to go into... Lift it up. I mean, just all that. Open the, it's just a simple prayer that you can just pray over and over again. Well, and that's just right out of Ephesians 1. 118. I, the Apostle Paul said, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened, would be opened. Like, that's the Apostle Paul. Yeah, and that's a good word for everybody here. Having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he's called you to. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? What is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe? And um, what a prayer. You know, I just saw hands lifted up and um, our hearts just crying out to the Lord, not just individually, but together. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, guys, can we give it up for Paul? Can we all clap and thank Paul for being with us today? And uh, we bless you, Paul, today in thank the name you. of Jesus. I wish we could do a, a, a collective prayer right now, but we bless you and Rita and your family and your grandchildren today in the name of Jesus. And um, may God's blessings continue to come from behind and overtake you all and continue to open doors that no man can close for you. And those doors that no man can open and may his kingdom come and may his will be done in you and all of you guys worship leaders collective may god's kingdom come and may his will be done in us and through us for his glory in jesus name mm -hmm. amen amen okay thank you paul god bless thanks you all. guys we'll be back on here next month okay Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope you felt encouraged and a little more equipped for the journey you're on this season. If you're interested in weekly mentorship in a small group setting or would like to find more worship resources, check it all out at worshipleaderscollective.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Connect, encourage, and equip. This is what we're all about at Wilco. We go together, not alone. Together, we can help move church forward.